0: Welcome to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. For many years now, the Victorian Transport Accident Commission has been working towards a goal of zero deaths on Victorian roads. Their primary remit is to support people injured on Victorian roads, but they also actively campaign to make those roads safer to begin with.
1: I know I'm late, mate.'ll be as quick as I can. It's
0: just the game, Andy. No need to rush, mate. Think, okay, we'll get Think get of us before you speak. Ah, sure. See you soon. are so angry, Bobby? I'm sorry, darling, I'm not really angry. We're just in a hurry to pick up Sam. Is Sam waiting for us? Yes, he is. Through various campaigns, the TAC has managed to get that road death number lower and lower.
1: And they have reached this point where they had done pretty much all they could do around audience uh, education.
0: This is James Boyce, founder of the creative agency Grumpy Sailor in Sydney. The TAC approached James's team in 2017. The commission had done a lot of effective work, but to get that road toll to zero, they needed to think laterally.
1: And they put their heads together and I think they came up with this brief to, well, what if we could, rather than uh, creating campaigns that are primarily forced at behavioural change. Why don't we try to change behaviour before it becomes a problem?
0: Zero deaths on Victorian roads. It's an ambitious goal in need of a creative solution. I'm Vanella Kernabone and this is Lumina. You're listening to Season 2 and this time round we're looking to the future of the Australian economy and how creatives can thrive in it. In this episode, we're exploring how businesses and organizations can make use of creative skills in ways that they may never have imagined. Forward-thinking institutions are already picking up on the power of creative brains. They see how they can push projects into the future, solve complex problems, and transform how we communicate with the world. I'm talking about businesses and organizations that wouldn't usually engage with the creative world like the Victorian Transport Commission, or the TAC. The TAC had set the goal of zero deaths on Victorian roads years before they reached out to Grumpy Sailor. It's a complex task that goes beyond promoting road safety. It's also advising on road maintenance and speed limits, advocating for safer car manufacturing, reporting on how cyclists engage with drivers.
1: There's some weird statistics here. Like, it's like 95% of the population aren't a problem on the roads, and there's 5% that are like the problem kids, right? So how do you isolate the problem kids before it becomes a problem and teach them about road safety and teach them new values so that when they actually go and hit the roads, they end up knowing what is appropriate, what is right, you know, how to keep safe.
0: The TAC had all the relevant research and the data. If they could just get this 5%, the reckless drivers or, you know, the problem kids, to absorb the information before they hit the roads. So what they needed was new ways of capturing that audience and really communicating with them, even the ones who didn't want to be there. They needed storytellers who could think outside the box and turn an idea into reality. James and his business partner, Claire Evans, run a unique operation. Grumpy Sailor pride themselves on the malleability of the creative services and the skills that they have on offer. They tackle hard-to-define problems that need a creative solution.
1: So people tend to call us when they don't know how to realise the idea that they've got in their head?
0: I'm chatting to James at the Grumpy Sailor offices in Sydney. This is where they've assembled a team that don't necessarily have traditional job descriptions or titles.
1: So all the people sitting behind me right now, they have some really weird skills um, and everyone here has been selected to join the team for, I guess, the ambiguity of those skill sets. So no one is the same here. We really try to hire different people. And so depending on the project... When the brief comes in, we will have each of those people attack a project with another couple of people from the team. And I guess that's the recipe for the project, right? So depending on where their strengths are, that can sort of result in a completely different output.
0: It's a version of that approach that you heard Russell Howcroft describe in our first episode. Creatives being called in to problem solve and innovate.
1: We need creativity and all that it can do socially economically, yes, and even politically.
0: Grumpy Sailor, they've turned that into a reality.
1: But primarily it's it's about sort of finding the right story to tell and then working out the delivery mechanism to tell that story. So that can change, that can range from a feature film right through down to a... We had a magic stethoscope recently that kids are able to convert colour into sound.
0: So... How did James's team tackle the problem that the TAC brought to them, the task of bringing road deaths on Victorian roads right down to zero?
1: What the TAC is really good at is recognising the limitations of their skill set. I always use the analogy of, of, of being a painter, right? When I was taught to paint, they teach you to stand up. Because if you're sitting down painting, you can't get the perspective that you need on the canvas. You need to go in, work the canvas a little bit and then stand back. And I think sometimes organisations that we work with, they're so close to the canvas and they need somebody to actually grab them by the shoulders and pull them back and say, look at the whole picture here and then we'll go in again and then we'll pull back again.
0: James's team helped the TAC to step back from the painting.
1: And so the Road to Zero project, they said they spoke to the Melbourne Museum, they got a grant to put in an exhibition that was primarily aimed at school kids between the ages of 15 and 17, so right around the time that the people are getting their licence, and just teach them, not in a scaremongering way, but actually teach them about the science behind not just the science, but the social science around, you know, taking care of each other, that the roads are not simply for drivers, that we're all a part of this problem and we have to contribute to its solution.
0: The Grumpy team created an interactive education experience that transformed the physics and data of road safety into something that would resonate with teens. 13 different projects that come together to really impact the people that are interacting with them. Some parts of the experience make zero road deaths feel like an achievable goal that we all share a stake in.
1: We have a VR experience uh, where you can sort of see how roads have changed over the past 30 years and what changes have been made both to the system, um, to the road and how it's built and the infrastructure through to how it's policed and how it's looked after.
0: Other parts focus on the impact of driving dangerously. These are simulated visceral experiences that convey the difference a little extra speed can make.
1: This elevator that kids can jump into and feel what it's like to go from, the, what, it, what the impact is of crashing a car at 30, 60, 90 and 100 kilometres an hour and what it would feel like. And so we sent up a sort of glass elevator up into the sky above and it's all done virtually.
0: There's a 3D mapped car projection, interactive video storytelling, and a virtual body that adopts the face of the students and lets them adapt their virtual skeleton to survive impact.
1: It was not contained by form. We had to invent the form in order to do the thing that we wanted to do.
0: Grumpy Sailor did all of this alongside the TAC staff. They worked together closely with road engineers, behavioural scientists, teachers, students, educational experts and researchers.
1: And they have some incredibly smart people, some of the smartest people I've ever worked with and, and a real understanding of how humans operate.
0: If a traditional organisation like the TAC can step back from the coalface of tackling a problem in a silo relentlessly, realise the limitations of their skill set and bring in the right creative minds to push boundaries, then it's a model that can work and work well. It's nothing new to bring in creatives to work to a brief, to realise a project, but this is different. It's about working in collaboration to identify problems, to define those problems, then find solutions together. And as an outsider, you can do it. But even non-creative businesses who do realise the limitations of their skill set, they don't always think to bring in the somewhat abstract skills of creatives for problem-solving. We creatives need to spot these opportunities ourselves and actively seek them out.
1: I have Anna who's, she's our head of strategy and she's brilliant futurist actually. But she taught me a lot about horizon scanning over the past sort of 18 months. And I never knew that that's what it's called. But horizon scanning is when you're looking for opportunities. It's, it's I liken it to being a photographer. I don't know whether you take photos, but if your eye's out as a photographer it means that you're kind of closed off to pictures. And I have a great love of photography, but I don't get to practice it that often. But when I do, when I am carrying the camera, it takes me a little while to get my eye back in. And I think it's really, it's a process of attunement to your environment. It's horizon scanning, it's getting your eye in, it's seeing opportunities and having more conversations and asking more questions than you're answering. It's the thing that we're not programmed to do. I don't think that the traditional careers... Well, they certainly... I've seen them dry up in my career so far, those, those traditional roles. Writers and directors have become their own producers. They have to do the horizon scanning. They can't sit back anymore. You know, if you want opportunities, you've got to make those opportunities happen for yourself.
0: This creative rethinking of norms and processes echoes across everything in our changing world. James is even seeing the influence of the digital age touch how we treat concrete infrastructure.
1: This is something I keep talking about at the moment, it's something that's really resonated with me, is that most architects, uh, the average age of a building is 78 years. Most architects who design a building will never see their building torn down. But we're moving into a space where design has to change when it comes to buildings. so it's more like digital delivery, where you kind of say, we built this gymnasium, nobody's using the gymnasium. We need to change the function of the gymnasium and we need to upcycle that piece of, of, of infrastructure and change it into something. We need to change it into editing booths or we need to change it into a library or, you know, and so actually designing things with versatility in mind so that it's almost like we're working with Lego bricks.
0: So there are great success stories born from this method of working, where traditional roles and expectations are thrown away and creativity, technology and storytelling are embraced. The benefits of engaging creative problem-solving to innovate and communicate in new ways are clear. But is Australia getting the message at a corporate and government level?
1: I think Australia is incredibly strong. I don't see the international firms doing anything that we can't do. I think the biggest problem that we as a country run into is that we have quite a low appetite for risk and that we continue to build things that we do them because of the historical context that has come, like in terms of how we develop up projects.
0: Cost is often cited as a reason for resisting change in a creative direction, but James points out that adapting how we work is often good value as well. It was there in the TAC project Road to Zero.
1: For the price of three roundabouts they were able to build this world first, and it is, it's, no one's ever done anything like this before, this world first education complex. And the mind boggles, like you know, that's literally one country road, or you know, that the, the cost of infrastructure versus the cost of education, both of which are critical in saving lives.
0: You can work towards zero deaths by just maintaining roads with ad campaigns, but there'll always be that gap, that five percent, the hardest problems to crack.
1: There is a. A tendency to solve problems the way that we've always solved problems, and there are agitators out there who are really pushing hard to rethink some of that methodology. And, I'm, and I and I think you can't have innovation without maintenance, right? Nobody ever talks about the the intrinsic relationship between maintenance and innovation. Um, you can't go and build what we've built down for the TAC without providing 10 years worth of maintenance to keep it up and running. And each team needs both. But I think sometimes, or at least in Australia, the maintainers have had the loudest voice in the room for a long time. Um, And it's really hard to break those, break their ideology or or their conceptual framework around how a project is done.
0: These are the lessons of the impending knowledge-based economy, where it's ideas and horizon scanning that take business further.
1: Sometimes... We're guilty of it here as well, like, I would argue we're an incredibly creative organisation, but sometimes we go, we can't do that because we've got to, you know, the rule was that we weren't going to do it this way. And like, sometimes I'm just like, guys, we made that rule. (laughs) We made that rule for ourselves. We can break that rule. If it's not working, let's break the rule, like, you know, don't don't work your ass off to try and solve a a problem that is, is no longer relevant.
0: Storytellers and creative problem solvers push boundaries in ways business can no longer afford to be closed off to. And creatives can't afford to either. If you've got creative knowledge and experience, think about the rules that you can break, the problems you can tackle, the opportunities you can create with your skill set. Next time on Lumina, what happens when creativity is applied to social and environmental problems? How can creatives make an impact?
1: yeah you know we're really keen to actually use our filmmaking and communication um, expertise if you like to constantly be telling the story of what we're doing. I get up in the morning to figure out how we can speak to our audience about important issues and drive change.
0: You've been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, Australia's national screen and broadcast school, dedicated to finding, developing, and supporting Australian storytelling talent. Lumina is produced for Afters by AudioCraft. Selena Shannon and Jesso O'Callaghan are our producers, with production help from Bernadette Newen. Sound engineer is Tiffany Dimmack and executive producer is Kate Montague. My name is Fenella Kernabone. And to hear more of these episodes, then subscribe using your favourite podcast app. You have been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters.